We're in the first chapter of Mark's gospel. Uh, Jesus has just recently called the disciples. So Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28, hear the word of God. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, throwing him into convulsions and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept asking one another, What is this? A new teaching? With authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, Jesus and his disciples are traveling. Mark writes, they went to Capernaum. Ah, travel. It is indeed wonderful to see something new in the world, the pyramids of Egypt, the Eiffel Tower, Iowa, things like that. The new, the new stimulates the mind. It's, it's wonderful. It's awesome to see. And yet there is an attraction to that which is old. The other side of the world knows that there is no place like home. Home is where your decor matches your personality, where the coffee is just the way you like it, and the pillow fits your head. There's no question that the new is stimulating, but that which is old, I don't even like to call it old. Old just sounds so old. Better word is tradition. Tradition. Tradition is to be valued. Tradition Tradition is so helpful in a chaotic world. You can count on tradition, and you don't mess. You don't mess with tradition. It is something I ask about when I do premarital counseling. I'll say to the couple, walk me through how Christmas Eve and Christmas will work for you. And I don't know whether I ask that for them to help their marriage or whether I just like to be entertained. <laughs> but Christmas is the most sacred of traditions, and yet in here I imagine no two Christmases are alike. Do you open up your presents on Christmas Eve, or do you wait to Christmas morning? Do you open up one present on Christmas Eve and the rest on Christmas morning? Do you, do you open all your presents all at one time, or do you do things decently in order and one by one by one by one, which is the way we do it at our home, which is the correct way to do it? <laughs> so I say to the couple, walk me through your Christmas. And somewhere in their answer is a passionate argument over the defense of tradition. And uh, when they, it, their answer is filled with such, uh, uh, and they look at each other. If they haven't talked about it, it's, it's entertaining to watch. 
He'll try to take the lead. She'll try to take the lead. It's one thing to have an argument with your fiancé. It's quite another thing to have it with a pastor in the room. Well, they'll come up with some answer. But I think the real answer will be on the drive home. What do you mean we're going to your mother's for Christmas? It's the new, running smack into the tradition. We know this. We know this. For example, at Westminster, we have assigned seating. If you don't know that, you're sitting in someone else's seat, which explains the grimace you received, the peace of the Lord be with you. We, we, we love our traditions. We follow a bulletin. Right, John? I mean, oh, I felt for John because that happened to me in my first church. Leading the church with the week before bulletin, it is the worst experience ever. And that church never let me forget it. The next week they had an arrow with the bulletin on the pulpit saying, this is the one. John was given the wrong bulletin. Uh. We follow things. It's the tradition here. We know it. I, I felt it when I came here. Years ago when I was new, the new pastor, not this old pastor, I followed a pastor who'd been here for 26 years, and you all were watching me like a hawk. He does like his video screens. I heard he plays guitar and drums. It's just a matter of time. Do you know that when uh, we have a policy on our books that says that if another pastor is invited by a family for a wedding or a funeral, they really can't be invited until the session votes on the pastor, and they're not going to be allowed to do the wedding or their funeral on their own. They have to have one of our pastors with, a, with them, her, whatever, Heidi, Guy, or I will need to co-officiate because you never know at the wedding whether the pastor will go off the rails and quote Colossians 3.18, wives, submit to your husbands. And your pastoral staff has been trained in a takedown maneuver and a drag out. <laughs> it's part of our security protocol. But we're protecting tradition, tradition. Well, that policy was not on the books in Capernaum when that new one came out of nowhere and just started teaching in the midst of all that tradition. Well, that new one just happened to be God, the Son of God. And there's nothing more disturbing than to be in church and have God show up because God makes a mess out of tradition. <laughs> I think of Isaiah in the temple. He had his whole career doing his career, unlocking the door to the temple, turning on the light, straightening the rug, checking to see if the flowers had water in them, making sure the pyramids were all straightened, saying a prayer, leaving the 
temple, to go to the grocery store, a whole career of keeping up the institution. But then one day, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw God high and lifted up upon a throne, and the train of his garment filled the temple. And there were these seraphs, and they had six wings. With two, they covered their eyes. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. And I said, Woe is me. When it comes to church, no one wants, woe is me. Woe is me is not listed as one of the bullet points in the, in the brochure of the welcoming congregation, right? You're welcome here, woe is me. Hmm, that doesn't seem welcoming. God will, will mess up tradition. God shows up. And God, in Jesus Christ, he teaches with authority. That's what they say. It is as if God is speaking right through Jesus. Isn't it interesting that in Mark, they don't say what Jesus said? Just says he teaches with authority. Wouldn't you like to know what he said? But we know what he said. We know exactly what he said. We know a word of God when it's directed right at us. We know it. Jesus were to pull any one of us aside and look at us eye to eye. Don't you know what he'd say? Don't you know the word that Jesus would have for you? Would it be a word of peace? Would he have a word of justice for you? Would he be the God who would tell you, there's a lot of hungry people out there. What are you doing? What would be the word for you? The God, the God who teaches you with authority has a new word for you. It breaks your tradition. You can't encounter God and expect the same old, same old. The Word of God has authority. We know it. We know it when we hear it. What have you to do with us? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. The demons know exactly who He is. God makes a mess of tradition. Shut up and come out of Him. And then there's convulsing and screams, and the demon goes. Now, if you're the traditional church, how do you follow that up? The ushers will now take up the offering. Is that what you do? That's what the church in Capernaum did. They looked at that, and they said, what is this? Is this a new pedagogy? 
You know, if that thing happened here, if Jesus came in here and, and, and there was one of the people in here with an evil spirit, and we know exactly who that is, but if, if Jesus were to come in here and that evil spirit was to convulse and scream and, I know who you are, what would we do? I'd run for the hills. Wouldn't you? Or would you follow the bulletin? Do we stand or sit during an exorcism? I, I can't ever remember. There are those, there are those of us who are so entrenched in tradition. And tradition, tradition can limit God because we know God. We've walked all the way around God taking pictures. We know God. We know God. And that just takes the power away from God. Friends, we've been around here for 150 years. And we've got some marvelous traditions. But the times, they're changing. And it's happening faster and faster and faster. It wasn't long ago that if you wanted to cook a chicken pot pie, you had to go into your kitchen, open up the thing, flip through the thing and find the recipe under C for chicken pot pie and pull out the card. Now you can just call it up on your phone. And just recently, you can tell AI to take your chicken pot pie recipe and make it a Shakespearean sonnet. Oh, what savory scent doth fill the air, as with deft hands stir with this bubbling fare and broth and butter vegetable doth stew with tender chicken a feast to ensue. I did that with a chicken pot pie recipe. AI is amazing, and we have no idea where it's going, and it can be incredibly scary because we have no idea. It's artificial intelligence. It's changing everything artificially. The times are changing. It's time to get real. I go downtown and there's a new glass tower. I swear it wasn't there yesterday. All these people moving to Nashville. I heard the price at the school across the street has gone. More people, more competition. Little nations used to attack with sticks and stones, and now they have weapons that can sink ships. I don't know what you make about all this weather, but one thing we can agree on, it's causing people to lose their homes. It's causing people to move, to move, to move. Never in my life would I think a church would need to have security. Never. Times are changing. We've been 150 years, and we have this 
one great tradition that we believe in the Word of God that has been true over 150 years, that we believe in the Word of God. We can't come in here and find a comfortable word, something that goes with our sofas, something that goes with our standard of living, something that goes with everything that we have. We can't. The Word of God will keep coming at us, looking at us in the eye, and speaking a word, calling out to live a word as if our life depends on it, as if the life of the world depends upon it, as if we are to be about salvation. If Jesus were to look at you eye to eye, he'd speak to you with authority. He'd speak to you with authority and tell you your bitterness, your bitterness to come out of you. And you'll be transformed. He'll tell that worry, go. And you'll be light. He'll tell your fears to be gone. And you'll be love. Jesus is always coming to you with a word. Coming to this world with a word.